the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, May the 12th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1780, during the Revolutionary War, Charleston, South Carolina, surrendered to the British. Today in 1932, the body of little Charles Lindbergh Jr., the 20-month-old kidnapped son of Charles and Ann Lindbergh, was found in a wooded area near Hopewell, New Jersey. Today, in 1943, during World War II, Axis forces in North Africa surrendered. The two-week Trident Conference, headed by President Franklin D. Roosevelt and British Prime Minister Winston Churchill, opened in Washington today in 1943. Today, in 1958, the United States and Canada signed an agreement to create the North American Air Defense Command that was later changed to the North American Aerospace Defense Command, or NORAD. Today, in 1982, in Fatima, Portugal, security guards overpowered a Spanish priest. He was armed with a bayonet. He attacked Pope John Paul II. In 2008, the Pope's longtime private secretary revealed that the pontiff was actually wounded in that assault, but he didn't tell anybody and didn't make a big deal out of it. Today, in 1986... The military action drama film Top Gun, starring Tom Cruise, that was premiered in New York. Today in 2009, five Miami men who were convicted in a plot to blow up FBI buildings and the Chicago Sears Tower. It's now called something else. I can't remember the name of it now. It's not Sears anymore. But anyway, one man was acquitted of of the five. That's a few things that happened in history today. I do that every day. When many of you comment on it, you say you really like it. But I do that every day to uh, to just give us a perspective. Uh, it, knowing history, it gives you a perspective on understanding the things now and understanding what the consequences of some of the things that are happening now could be. Patrick Henry talked about that a lot. So did some of our other founding fathers, but he was particularly talking about the fact that knowing the past helps you to understand the future and one thing and another. He made a number of comments that are on the record about that. And it is it is important. And that's why we, you know, sometimes conservatives and particularly Christians are, are accused by our enemies, but they're accused and we're accused of, of trying to hold on to the past. Yet, those who criticize us for holding on to the past, like the old, old book of the Bible, they they are in the process often of destroying the, the now and destroying the future. And we can see that more clearly by looking back and understanding, having an understanding of history. That's why these same people are so intent on destroying any vestige of history 
in our nation. We went through that spell here last year, a couple last couple of years, where they were taking down all the statues. I mean, they were trying to get rid of Abraham Lincoln, for goodness sakes. And um, they, they try to erase history so they can create their own narrative to define history because they know that history does have an impact on the present and the future as far as people's thinking and as far as people's actions as well. So that's why we do that every day, just to give you a hint. There's a lot of things that happen on any given day, but we try to pick out a few that I think would be interesting to those of you who are listening, and that's why we do that. Yesterday I mentioned Marco Elias, and I misspoke, uh, and I, I, I knew it afterwards, and some of you have emailed me and said, hey, um, Marco Elias is not in the legislature anymore, and I, I think I should correct that because I don't have a lot of friends in his group anyway, and um, just to cover myself and to let you know, I mentioned that he was in, in the legislature yesterday. So I misspoke a little bit. A judge overnight blocked a new catch-and-release policy announced by President Joe Biden's border deputy shortly before they lifted the Title 42 border barrier at midnight. Just moments before that, this judge took action. It's a temporary restraining order. It's called a TRO. It was signed by a federal judge, this Kent um, T. Kent Weatherall, of the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Florida, that was uh, He did that after a request by Florida's Attorney General, Ashley Moody. The TRO lasts up to 14 days. I want to just take a couple of minutes and go over this because it's, it's very critical. There are Some are saying this morning there are a million people waiting to rush the U.S. across the border. And so once this Title 42 was lifted at midnight, now there's a restraining order. So this is going to play out over the next few weeks. So the the uh, the TRO is kind of a it, it lasts up to 14 days. It's kind of an extraordinary measure that preserves the status quo, as I understand it, while a federal trial judge is determining whether to issue a preliminary injunction or a PI. A PI then lasts all the way until a final judgment in a lawsuit though in this case, the Biden administration will take the PI to the U.S. Court of Appeals, I'm I'm certain they will, for the 11th Circuit in Atlanta. And this order could stay in place during that time. So it's a a stall, it's not a fix. But the PI then lasts, as I said, until the final judgment in the lawsuit. The impact of the court decision is unclear because this was not expected. I mean, it's the Bidens will do anything, and I guess if you're in power, you do what you can do to advance your agenda. His agenda is just so destructive. But anyway, it's Biden's border chief, this Mayorkas, seems determined to admit a, a huge number of job-seeking migrants, or at least they're saying that they're job-seeking. For example, Mayorkas could try, there's some lawyers that are saying this morning, that Mayorkas may try to divert the migration through other questionable legal loopholes or announce that the United States, a world superpower, does not have the funds to detain the migrants. And that's a very real thing, that he may say that, that we don't have the money. On the other hand, the Democrats are, are trying to you know, increase the debt 
And that's the reason we don't have the money if we didn't have the money. So it's kind of a convoluted thing that's happening there, but we'll watch it as it plays out. Biden's administration said that they would produce, uh, this TRO is going to produce chaos at the border. The judge scoffed at it. He said it's already chaos. So that's going on behind the scenes. Mayorka seems to be ignoring the judge's orders from what I've read this morning. He, He tweeted at midnight. He put out this tweet on Twitter just right around midnight, and he was telling migrants, this guy's the head of of our border security, for goodness sakes. And he was telling migrants to use a quote-unquote lawful pathway. Apparently, he was talking about asylum. I think they all know that. I mean, they've got this thing going on between Mayorkas and, and these million people that are wanting to illegally come into the United States. And he's telling them on Twitter what to do. I mean, it's unbelievable. Do they not care about this country? It, th- their hearts and their actions do not match up with any kind of compassion. I mean, these people that are coming up here are paying the, 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 the cartels down at the border. And, and I mean, the people coming in are being abused by the cartels. They're taking advantage of them. It's sexual abuse, financial abuse, and every other abuse. And so when we talk about we got to open the borders because that's a compassionate thing to do, it isn't. It isn't compassionate. And anybody down on the border knows that. So that's a bit of what's going on as we speak today. But many are asking, and I noticed a number of news stories this morning, many are asking if Biden really understands what Mayorkas is doing. I just... uh, I have no confidence in Mayorkas. I have, I mean, I've seen a lot of politicians, because I really pay attention to it. I've seen a lot of politicians, um, you know, wiggle and squirm and, and try to get out of things or mislead, even in hearings and where they're, testimony, they're testifying on certain issues and, and one thing or another. I've never seen anybody quite like him. I mean, he it's strange. I, I can't quite figure that guy out. And I've seen a lot of people and paid attention to a lot of politicians over my lifetime, but I, I've never seen anybody quite like him. They they will ask him a point-blank question, and I know a lot of people will divert and they'll answer it, you know, or not answer it in a different way. But I've never seen anybody go as far off base, off the page, <clears throat> when he's asked a question as this guy, this Mayorkas. I mean, he just, he looks at you as though, you're a fool for asking the question when the question is very legitimate, no matter who who's asking. I don't know how he got to this high position, but he's there. And uh, it's kind of scary when you really take a closer look at that. Anyway, that's what's happening at the border. There's a report out this morning that I wanted to talk to you just for a moment about. There's a new congressional report that the financial affair that's embroiling Hunter Biden might reach deeper into the first family, even the president. They pushed a majority of voters to believe that the Bidens likely participated in the pay-for-play scandal. Rasmussen Report Survey has a new survey out this morning. Voters of all political stripes expressed a belief that the Hunter-Biden affair is much bigger than just the first son and that it is likely President Joe Biden that he traded influence when he was a vice president that he did so for money to enrich his own family. In the data shared 
Rasmussen survey addressed three angles to the reports that the Biden family members received overseas financial support, including from China, and that some of the bribery was at play. 69% said that reports of foreign influence peddling targeting Biden and his family are a serious scandal. That includes 49% of Democrats, almost half of Democrats, believe that he's involved in, in this. 72% of independent voters believe it, and 88% of Republicans believe it. Another question asked about congressional reports that Biden profited off foreign policy decisions in a pay-for-play scheme when he was former President Barack Obama's vice president. 63% of Americans called that likely, including 42% of Democrats, 65% of independents, and 85% of likely Republican voters felt that he did. They paid him and he did what they wanted him to do. Rasmussen asked if voters agree or disagree that Hunter Biden financial scandal is about the entire Biden family, including the president. This We're just taking the temperature of America. And this is the, the temperature was taken just oh, within the last day or so. They, they published this this morning. Hunter Biden, uh, the financial scandal is about the entire Biden family, including the president. 66% agreed that it is. 43% of those were Democrats. The survey was done after reports about the alleged bribes to the Biden family came out last week. So it's just within hours that they took this. And the people know, we all know what's been said. And this is very, very Recent. So, I again, you, you ask yourself, I mean, how how do they think they can reelect him with that kind of sentiment in the country? I don't I don't know. I mean, I it would seem to me that somebody should be stepping up and they should be, you know, I, I don't know. They should be taking a different tack than they seem to be taking. If I were them, I would be looking for a different path. But that's where we are in our world today. Much will happen over the weekend. And of course, we'll. Be talking about that on Monday as well. But uh, today I want to talk a little bit about mothers. Sunday is Mother's Day. I often tell those of you who support this ministry that I wouldn't be here without you. And that is very true. This program would not happen without your support. And I thank you for it. We need your support. Each radio station that you may be listening to today is a a budget item for this ministry. And we need to have enough people supporting it in that area for it to be on the radio or we'll just have to take it off. And I don't want to do that, but I mean, I don't have any choice. So with that in mind, just thank you for your support. We need your support. We need it each month. And so many of you are so regular and some new uh, people are coming online and helping us now and Thank you so much. We we need it. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. So as I say, without you, I wouldn't be here. I think it can also be said, I know it can also be said, without our mother, we wouldn't be here. I know... The left is fiddling around with gender and all that kind of thing now, but we have to go back to the roots of humanity. 
there are two sexes. There's male and female. And God so designed it that they come together and create people. And we are among those people that have been created by a mother and a father. And we want to talk about mothers. Mothers are special. In fact, Abraham Lincoln famously said, all that I am or hope ever to be, I get from my mother. God bless her. He's often quoted. I think we probably all heard that statement that he made, and he actually did make that. You may not know, though, that his mother died when he was only nine years old. When you think about it, the impact that she obviously made on his life, and he only knew his mother for nine years, probably less than that. He didn't know her when he was months old, but that very short period of time in his life, his mother had that kind of an impact on his whole life, his what he did, his career, his presidency. Her impact would guide him throughout his entire life, and it was only nine years old when she died. Mae Patterson has been writing and teaching Bible study classes for years. She trained in a small group dynamics over 10 years with Bible study fellowship. She served as leadership for several years. She's written a lot of uh, articles in magazines. I've seen some of them. I've read them. She's written in, in the Focus on the Family, Upper Room Magazine, I Believe, and uh, a number of others. She likes to tell stories. She apparently, I don't know her, but she apparently has a, a, a pretty put-together family. She loves to tell stories, laugh, discuss the adventure of seeking God. Well, the reason I say all of that is to say that she wrote a, and I want to be sure to credit her with this, she wrote an article. She she said she was inspired by Paul Harvey, and uh, a lot of people were inspired by Paul Harvey. And Paul Harvey did this thing, and I've I've read his uh, piece on on the farmer on this program before a couple of times over the years. So God made a farmer, and Paul Harvey went through all of the reasons why we should really be glad for farmers, and we should. In fact, farmers and truck drivers are really really important because if it weren't for them, we would go to the shelf and the loaf of bread wouldn't be there. So we need to keep that in mind. But anyway, Paul Harvey did this thing about the farmer. And so she saw this, May Patterson saw this. And so she said she was inspired by Paul Harvey's So God Made a Farmer. So she wrote the following. I want to share uh, this with you. It's, It's a few minutes long. It's not very long, but it's a few minutes long. But just think about this and and think about the context of this being Mother's Day weekend. At the dawn of time, God needed someone he could trust to love his precious children. So God made a mother. God said life will often be harsh. I need someone with a gentle touch, someone who can brush a tear from the downy cheek of a newborn, gauge a child's temperature without the aid of a thermometer. I need someone who has a special knack for soothing, who can kiss away pain and soften blows, someone who will hold her child's hand firmly, until she has to release it tearfully on the first day of school. So God made a mother. I need someone who will carry enough to gather daffodils and put them in a vase. Or a vase. (laughs) I say vase. So everyone in the house can enjoy the first blooms of spring. Someone who will carry enough to rummage through the mismatched sock pile. The hopes of finding a match. Someone who will make birthdays extra special, sing silly songs with their toddlers in the car, 
and who actually wants to go on a school field trip to an insect museum just to be close to her child. God thought, I need someone who will play Christmas carols on the piano, someone who will decorate gingerbread houses with the kids and wrap gifts and deck the halls for Christmas. For nothing in all my creation will be able to make Christmas as special as a mother will. So God made a mother. I'll make someone who can gather a chaotic, busy family around the dinner table for chicken soup, cornbread, and sharing life together. Someone who will organize play dates, piano lessons, and the pantry. I need someone who can find the lost football cleat, dad's keys, and bun-bun, her little girl's favorite stuffed bunny. I need someone who can unload the dishwasher, pack lunches, call out spelling words, and make coffee while bouncing a baby on her hip. Someone who will carry an amazing array of toys and snacks and essentials in her heavy purse. Never complain. I need someone to help with endless school projects, organize the football banquet, and say, I'm so proud of you, even when her child fails. It must be someone who is willing to keep going, even when she thinks she has no strength left. Someone who will strive to love her kids and to love their father even more. I need someone who's willing to work the second shift or take second best or play second fiddle so her family will have it better than she did. So God made a mother. I need someone who believes, someone who will trust that I have a good plan for her and for her children, even when she can't see it, someone who will pray for her family daily, for sadly a few people will. I need someone who will share my words and encourage her children to believe in me because I am the source of life. God said, I'll place a second pair of eyes in the back of the mother's head, give her bionic ears and grant her a generous portion of laughter and tears for she'll need them. Sometimes she'll feel like she doesn't have what it takes. There will be days when she is overcome with worry and pain and failure, but when the need arises, she'll be there. And while motherhood will be difficult, She'll come to embrace it with all of her heart. Yes, this is exactly what I need. To put it simply, I need someone who will love my children like, well, kind of like I do. And God smiled. So I'll give each other a heart the size of Texas, each mother a heart the size of Texas, and if she'll let me, I'll fill it with special, forever kind of love, a love that resembles my own. Once I put a precious baby in her arms, she will never be the same. One day her children will grow up and move on, but she never will. As long as she lives, she will fight for her children, pray for them, and sacrifice them for them. And so God made a mother. She is the baby's first love. Her influence lasts much longer than her life. Her love is a living, breathing display of God's love. And while some earthly mothers fail to do so, many strive to love their children well. God, God loves mothers. And so do we. Mothers are often unappreciated, but God highly values them. Some consider mothers to be weak, but God gave them profound strength. Some have said that it's not a woman is not reaching her full potential if she stays home to mother her children. God doesn't say that. 
Some consider mothers to be weak, but God gave them profound strength. Mothers are often disrespected, but God takes them seriously. And so should we. On Mother's Day, our nation will pause to honor our mothers. I hope and pray they do on this weekend. I believe many will. While they aren't perfect, they deserve recognition for the for the good that they do and the love that they give. I think one thing that we must remember is that we only have one mother. Oh, I know, I know, some have multiple mothers today and so on. But in reality, the realm of reality, we only have one mother. Mother's Day is a great opportunity to honor her, remember her if she has passed. If not, make a call, share a family meal, send a card saying that you love her. Overlook your differences if they exist. Don't let this Mother's Day go by without letting your mom know how much you appreciate her. If your mother has passed, think of the goodness that she planted in your life. That's certainly what Abraham Lincoln was doing, nine years old, when his mother passed away. And yet he said all that he was going to do in his lifetime, and he did a lot. His mother was the purpose behind that. His mother gave him that kind of ability, that impact on his life. We live in a time when we are being harassed and attacked if we believe in traditional genders, male and female, if we believe in traditional family. Women have been misled by many of the activists to think that if they don't go out and do everything a man does, plus raise the children, they are somehow weakened and a failure. The highest, the highest order in, in God's natural process is mothers raising children. That's part of what's wrong in our, in our nation today. The absentee parent. Children need their parents. And there is no one under any circumstances that can replace the role of the mother. As we see the family under attack constantly, and I talk about it on this program because without the family, we have nothing. God made the family the cornerstone of humanity. That's how we sustain ourselves. That's how God wants us to sustain ourselves. God wants us to live in that reality, in that truth of his, that family is about what the human race is about and the responsibility and the joy and the experience comes to the parents. And on this weekend, we're honoring the mothers. I can tell you personally that my mother was terrific and she raised us to love the Lord and so on. I'm married to a woman who was a tremendous mother to our children. Marjorie did she followed scripture and she did as God would have her to do. And the times that I was walking around in the deep, dark jungles of this world preaching the gospel, she was taking care of the kids at home, waiting for me to come home and tell her how what God had done in our efforts wherever I had been for several years while our kids were growing up. 
So I thank her for that, and I honor her and say happy Mother's Day to my wife and the mother of our children. And I would say happy Mother's Day to all of you who are listening, who are mothers. God bless you. We love you. And uh, you are not a failure. You are a success regardless. Have a good weekend. I'll see you Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.